From the IMSA community, this is Spread the Word, a podcast brought to you by GIA. We hope to spread awareness of gender-related topics and issues by interviewing people from our campus. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Megan and I am the media director for GIA and this is our first episode of Spread the Word! Woo! Yay! So excited! If you guys can please introduce yourselves. Okay, my name is Yihan, I'm community director for GIA. Uh, hi, my name is Venus, and I think I'm just being interviewed today. Yes. Awesome. And today we're going to be talking about gender identity and intersectionality. So the first question we have for you is, how were you introduced to other gender identities beyond the heteronormative ones? Um, for me personally, I was like an internet kid way back oh, when. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time like researching and looking up random things, and eventually I came across a lot of like explanations about queer identities so i think i read up a lot about like what does gender mean and what does gender identity mean i think i started mostly with like sexuality but when i started questioning my own gender i got more into like gender theory and like reading about like xenogenders and also like being non-binary and like all the identities underneath being non-binary so i like the internet was the gateway but then me having my own coming out moment helped me like realize gender even more i spent a lot of time on pinterest when i was like 12 or 11 so i think there are a lot of diagrams about like gender and sexuality and there are a lot of like the things talking about like what does it mean to be asexual and i feel like that's where i picked up a lot of my information yeah and how did you when you read those how did you know that those were applicable to you um i think that the one that i settled on the most was like asexual because it was like a weird struggle because I was like, mm, does this really apply to me? And I feel like I just sat with it enough and I like read enough like of people's experiences to be like, this is similar to mine. And then also like with gender too, I like heard of people, how they experience their gender from like a lot of like Reddit posts about like queer theory, which are which is a really interesting place to be getting my gender identity information from. And then also like some of like the forums and stuff when people were describing like how expansive their gender felt, I was like, wow, that's like what I feel. And then that just kind of connected it for me. I'm off of that. Um, what does it mean for you to sort of like feel a certain way or to sort of um, identify a certain way? Like where does that notion or that uh, idea come from? Crazy thing is I don't know because I feel like I still have a really like weird connection to gender that I feel like I never fully understand my gender identity and it's really hard to describe it for me at least through like a lot of the terms that are out there so I think for me I settle on terms that are more expansive and more like umbrella terms so I like the word genderqueer more than non-binary because I feel that that at least for me doesn't like set it on binary terms and it just means that like my gender is just queer and it's like it's not binary but it's not also defined by the binary so i feel like terms that are bigger work best for me because i'm still trying to understand what my gender means to begin with in terms of like the intersectionality of your gender identity how do those concepts affect your experience at like imsa or school just like in general in your life yeah i think that a lot of like gender queer people or non-binary people especially at imsa are perceived this specific way and a lot of the times that's as white people who often have you know dyed hair and specific interests and they all like kind of they present a certain way so i think that when you're not white and you also don't like your gender 
expression is kind of skewed more towards the feminine side, I think that can come across as that I'm not genderqueer or I'm faking it to a lot of people. Or that there has to be like more emphasis made for me to have my gender identity like acknowledged. Whereas that sometimes my peers who don't look like me, I feel like they don't have to put in as much effort even though we present like the similar in similar ways. So I feel like that makes me feel like I have to re-explain my identity at IMSA like tens and thousands of times to like even feel like people understand. Yeah, and I guess going off of that, are there any particular challenges that you feel like you've encountered um, because of your identity? Mm. Yeah, I think that like one of the things is like fitting in with my own community at IMSA because I think sometimes, especially for like the black community, a lot of things are divided on gender. So when you don't have a specific gender identity, it's kind of hard to figure out like where I fit in and then also like relating my experiences as someone who was raised as a girl but isn't a girl and had experience. And also just kind of figuring out where I fit in in general, I think, at IMSA. Because a lot of things are like IMSA guys and IMSA girls. And there's just kind of the great in-between. So, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's a problem that I feel like minorities in, in the United States have had for a very yeah. long time. Not even within like um, like queer communities, but also in like women's communities and stuff yeah. like that. It's like, like it does like us, a certain box. Yeah, like both of us are Asian Americans. And yeah. like there are definitely times where it feels like exclusionary yeah uh, in I agree. Places. yeah and i know that like at imsa i know i was talking to a friend about how like just kind of the non-men in stem culture or yeah. just like what it's like not being a man at imsa and i think like oftentimes you just kind of get grouped into like a lot of non-binary people get grouped in with women so then like the distinction is kind of hard especially when you're like working in like predominantly male spaces if that makes sense yeah. i definitely noticed like someone pointed out how usually like the more advanced stem classes they're mostly like male dominated yeah yeah. yeah, it's like this. I don't know. That's such an interesting. I don't want to derail this yeah. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so. It's such a big topic. There's definitely a lot yeah. of things. Gender goes into like a lot more things than I realized when I didn't I come out, and then when I did come out, I was like, wow. Like you just realize how differently you're perceived and how differently people treat you, especially like when you come out to them, especially in high academic spaces. Right, because people make assumptions. Right? Yeah. And it's like, I feel like it's tied with, um, your gender identity is kind of tied to how people perceive you yeah. like intellectually and academically. Yeah, too. I agree. I think that when I'm like, okay, I use they, them pronouns, that's, that's my pronoun set. I think that for some people, they're like, oh, well, you believe that, like, sort of science. Oh, or like, you know, just the kind of weird vibes that goes <laughs> along with that. And then I also think that people just assume, I feel like people assume that you can't be, like, good at STEM and be like a non-man or at least some people or like a few certain like people think yeah. that still unfortunately are there any particular things that you've noticed here or for example at any work that you might do or in like any SIR or stuff like that that you've mm. noticed where people are making like assumptions about you or um other assorted challenges that you might have faced yeah I think that a lot of people like just looking at me, a lot of people just assume, oh, well, that person's a girl. Um, or, and then I think that their perspective of me switches after I explain that I'm not. And so it's hard for them to see me as my gender identity when they already make an assumption. So that when I do explain my gender, it's mostly just like, oh, well, 
I still see this person as a girl, but they told me this, so I'm gonna try to think differently or something like that. And also for like a lot of students that I've worked with or tried to like help them with their experiences, I think it's just like, I don't think people understand the severity of misgendering and death naming. And I think that's something that happens to like a lot of people on campus. And I think that a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's fine if I make the mistake countless times, but it, like adds up for students. And then like, at that point, maybe that's the 10th time they're being misgendered that day. Or like for my case, maybe my second or third time I'm being misgendered. And having to correct every single time, I think is definitely like an issue that I've seen at IMSA. Or a lot of people say that they are supportive of gender and that they like send out, you know, the pronoun emails or like they ask everyone for their pronouns in the beginning of class. But like that really doesn't mean anything if you're not willing to like actively change your perception of the gender binary and like work towards seeing people as gender neutral and additionally use their pronouns incorrectly. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned earlier that people kind of like perceive you differently after you come out to them mm -hmm. and I was wondering what in particular you meant by that I think that like there's comfort in being like perceived as binary because then that means I don't have to explain too many things but I think that like or at least for some people they feel like they've had to take extra consideration around me or like for some people they like then ask questions or like sometimes invasive questions and stuff like that or I think that like I get categorized really weirdly sometimes when I do come out and so then it's like judging like oh is this a space where I want to or like do I want to be treated differently or something like that. people have been like more inclined to like stop talking about like feminine topics with you yeah like I think it depends per person like a lot of people which is unfortunate I think some people like still do talk about feminine topics or like use feminine terms for me without like asking oh, to do yeah. so and i think some people are just kind of like cautious and until i'm like oh yep that's a topic that's i'm okay with talking about they're not sure to um what to do or some people just don't know how to approach it in general which i don't think is any fault of theirs it's just like there's not much uh, conversation about like how to interact with non-binary people what do you think the most comfortable or most um the best way you think that discussion about gender and a gender identity and um, your own uh, uh, identity and how you want other people to view view you, um, how do you how how do you think you would want that kind of conversation to proceed? Oh, so like conversations around my gender specifically, uh, or yeah, just I, like in general. In general, I think. Uh, I think conversations about gender. I think that. I think a lot of people are making the effort to like start talking about gender, but I think first and foremost, people need to start working on how they view people and the automatic assumptions that they make and like assigning gender identities to people without even talking to them. And then I think that like um, conversations about gender shouldn't be like taken lightly. And I think every person should be asked about their boundaries beforehand because yeah. there's a lot of people who are really really comfortable in explaining their entire gender identity to you just so that you learn more but then not every person's comfortable mm. with that so like setting boundaries with like these are conversations that i'm willing to answer or conversations i'm willing to have but not every person like me is gonna want to have this and then also like making sure that the person who like in these conversations about gender who is gender queer isn't just like answering questions or being like a basic guidebook to yeah. like non-binary identities i think it's just like 
a place of respect and then also making sure that like people in these conversations about gender are aware of their privilege and not speaking over people because i think even within like the trans community there are like varying levels of privilege and when you start conversations about gender some people can forget that if that makes sense yeah i think that's a very useful insight for our listeners especially because like it's about people around you too um knowing how to respect boundaries Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so um what you've said i think is really really useful in that regard yeah, I'm really, really I think I just want to add one thing really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, when you're talking about gender, I think like being open and being respectful is very, very, very important, especially when you start to talk about like neo pronouns and xeno genders. And I think for a lot of people, they're like, oh, why should I listen to this? But I think at the end of the day, it's about basic respect for yeah. how a person views yeah. themselves and their gender identity. Like. No one is obligated to explain their gender to you, but it's your obligation as a person who is not them to respect them and affirm their gender identity. I feel like it's just important to like not assume. Yeah. Just kind of just be neutral, you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you think the IMSA community can improve in uh, dealing with gender issues? And what do you think are the biggest challenges that we face on campus right now? I think that definitely, like, actually making an effort to use pronouns and correct names. I think also emphasizing the, like, the gravity around using pronouns and correct names for people. Um, Also just, like, the prevalence of dead names around campus is also something I think that IMSA should be aware of. Just because, like, there's a lot of situations where your name will be out there and people will be able to see that without your consent to it being out there. Um, off the top of my head, I think a lot more issues include like bathrooms and bathroom usage and making sure that students are knowing of the fact that they can use the bathroom of their gender identity. And then also like housing. Unfortunately, a lot of housing, especially for people who have fully transitioned or haven't fully transitioned, isn't affirming of their gender identity. And then oftentimes it's a man or it's a girl in a wing full of the opposite gender and so for those like trans people in those spaces like it's really uncomfortable for them for like the friends and people that i've known because then it like even though they have affirmed their gender identity within themselves like they come here and they're still placed in these wings that basically tell people their birth sex and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of things to improve. I definitely don't know all of them off the top of my head. So I feel like just talking to communities at, the community at IMSA, like everyone has their own share of like feedback and what can be improved. I hope that answered the question. Yeah, and I guess a big part of that is the administration being receptive to yeah. student feedback yeah. and listening to what the students want. Yeah. Definitely. I think there's like a lot of collective work to be done together. Yes. Like we're, we're on our way. We're getting there. IMSA is like, it's not the worst, but we definitely have work to do and like, um, just like improvement to do as a whole. Just to make sure that all the queer students at IMSA are kept safe and happy. Are you on any like um, current projects with PME? Oh yeah. Uh, so I worked on gender inclusivity like for the past, like since the halfway through sophomore year. Um, so basically what we worked on was the All Sex Halls initiative that brought 03 and 07 to be all sex halls as they are right now. Um, just to be um, basically like 
improve the quality of life for queer students as a lot of queer students have flocked to 03 and 07 to feel more comfortable in these spaces. Um, we've also worked on like programming and stuff to talk to like different student leaders on campus about how you, you affirm students around you like with their gender identity. And now we're working on like adding some all gender bathrooms around campus. Okay. So if you've seen the TV pit sign, the little like all gender bathroom sign, that's part of the new signage oh, that we're trying to get up. Nice. But yeah, we're like, okay. we're getting some work done on gender. It's okay. going slowly, but it's going surely. We wish you the best of luck. Thank yeah. you. I guess for anyone listening uh, who wants to get involved, do you have any suggestions on how to do that or any projects that they might be able to join or help out with? Yeah, so, oh, PME has like a lot of projects going on. So I'm not gonna lie, you can reach out to me or like any other person on board. Um, I think a lot of my project ideas come from the community. So I like more than willing to sit down and talk about things. So like, if you are interested in a project, yeah. just please send me a messenger, like message. I will be happy to sit down and talk and we can set something up. And like also involvements like, definitely on different scales if you want to like help out with like writing a proposal or maybe help out with like running some of our events I'd be more than happy to have you on board the more people the merrier thank you so much Venus for talking for thank us. you for inviting yes, thank me you. it was very, very exciting fun. thank you guys see you next episode <laughs> bye, bye. bye.